0: Hey, I'm Chris Parrish, Chief Investment Officer at Oak Harvest Financial Group here in Houston, Texas, and it's the new year. First off, the team at Oak Harvest appreciates your support, and we appreciate you tuning in to our YouTube Retirement Planning videos, as well as our weekly investment, News or Noise, and keeping you connected to your money podcasts. If you like our content, we would welcome you referring our channels to your friends and family. We released our first half 2022 outlook on December 3rd under the title, Curb Your Enthusiasm Yields to a Bull Market Buy. It can be found on our website at OCarvisfG.com or in video format on our YouTube channel. Check it out. Over the last three years of doing investment podcasts with our team at OCARVIS, we've taken on several viewer requested topics. One that keeps coming up time and time again is our thought on the national debt. Well, today's topic is my thoughts on just that. So I'm titling this week's podcast, The National Debt Bomb, 29.5 trillion with a T and growing, it has a shorter fuse each year. So, first, a quick lesson on deficits and debt. America runs a busted deficit every year. It spends more money than it generates in revenue. When spending exceeds revenue, the U.S. Treasury Department issues and sells Treasury bonds, Treasury bills, and notes to fund this shortfall. There are five main sources of federal tax revenue. They are one, individual income taxes at about 53%. Two, payroll taxes at about 32%. That's also known as Social Security. Three, corporate income taxes at 7%. And then there's excise taxes and tariffs. In the short term, borrowing money and deficit spending and its resultant debt can boost economic growth, especially if the country is in a recession. The federal government may step in and supplement or supplant prior private market spending that has slowed or dried up during a recession with federally funded fiscal programs. Whether that money goes to fighting wars and buying jet fighters as it did under President Bush's for his two terms, whether it goes to healthcare spending like Obamacare, shovel ready infrastructure, and cash for a clunker programs under Obama's two terms, or whether it goes to tax cuts and then COVID relief programs as were the case under President Trump's term, doesn't really matter much. Debt is debt and both principal and interest on it eventually must be refinanced and repaid. And the bigger the debt load a country or company has on its balance sheet relative to its revenue and profit, the less ability it has to be flexible when a new crisis hits, make a good or current outstanding on its commitments, or three and most importantly to future prosperity, take on actual growth enhancing high value added projects. Listeners, my first job out of Georgia Tech in 1988 in the world of finance was an analyst on a team investing in leverage buyouts. Retrospectively, it was a great training ground to see what is happening and transpiring in Washington DC over the last 30 years under both parties control, that is, under both Democrats and Republicans. Viewers, both are equally as responsible for our current $29.5 trillion in debt. The current debt hole that our country is in was dug by both parties' previous and current political leadership. They were singularly in charge of and responsible for the overspending and undertaxing of their voter blocks, as they collectively controlled politics in our country the last three decades. The current debt burden is an anchor on future growth of future America. It will be a generational gift and a heavy weight that these baby boom era politicians leave their grandchildren and children to restructure or pay down. In a private market LBO or leverage buyout, companies purposely take on high debt burden to focus management attention on gaining efficiency, raising profitability, and focusing the company on the highest and best use of its asset, as debt has first claim on assets should things turn south and the company enter bankruptcy. However, to date, or at least for the last 30 years, this limiter, or this governor of behavior that high debt loads usually installs on management teams, hasn't been placed yet on our federally elected officials. They have been equally as bad at borrowing and adding to our country's debt burden. I've included a few charts and tables breaking down deficits and debt by presidents for the last 30 years. Viewers, both parties are equally as bad at balancing a budget in my eyes. The data doesn't lie. They can spin it as dollars or percent increases or percentage of GDP, but in the end, both political parties have been disasters on holding to a budget the last 30 years. Over time, as debt continues to grow, our creditors might become more concerned about how the U.S. government will repay any fund it owns. Over time, our creditors might demand higher interest rates on Treasury securities to compensate them for a higher risk of default. In the future, a higher base rate of Treasuries could dampen economic growth as corporate America borrowing rates are set against this perceived riskless U.S. Treasury interest rate. Other issues for the future might be Maybe the federal government officials let the value of the dollar fall in order to pay back our debts with cheaper dollars. Ultimately, foreign investors that hold much of our debt, like China, might be less willing to buy our bonds which would force higher interest rates. Do our country's deficits and debts concern me as a citizen and taxpayers? A thousand percent they do. Do I think as a portfolio manager and investor they are something to worry about for the financial markets and our overall economy for the next one or two years? Not at all. Do I have an answer on how to solve and reverse this problem that seems to grow larger and closer to a tipping point every year? Yes, I think we all know what that answer is. It's simple math. However, almost no one I speak to likes the answer as it is hard medicine and requires sacrifice. Hard medicine that I imagine the vast majority of the wealth in America won't like. What's that answer? It's this. 1. Simplify the tax code to make the rules easier to follow and harder to avoid. Sorry liberals, those aren't tax loopholes you speak of. They are laws and rules and the private markets are smarter than our public servants writing the tax code. 2. Implement a higher marginal tax rate on every income class in America. I mean everyone. Make everyone including lower income levels and the ultra-rich have more of a personal interest in our country's future, not immediate success. And 3. Raise and enforce higher corporate tax rates. Sounds easy, But I imagine few politicians will dare run on this platform as the big money behind today's political campaigns would be terrified of such a platform. If we do not do these things in the near future, I imagine what will happen down the road is that in, say, five or ten years, possibly sooner, some new millennial or Gen Z political leadership will see that the easiest and most equitable and least economically hurtful way to most people to pay down the debt in America is to tax the wealth as it passes generationally from those who benefited the most from our massive debt balloon to those who are being burdened by it in the future. That would be the millennials and Gen Zers who are driving our economy and will continue to do so for another 20 to 40 years. From the whole team at Hope Harvest, thank you for your support and trust throughout 2021, and we hope we can continue to be your partner, provide you with value-added services in 2022. And viewers, feel free to give us a call here to speak to one of our advisors. Let us help you craft a financial plan that meets your retirement goals and needs first, and your greed second. Give us a call here at 877-896-0040, We are here to help you on your financial journey into and through your retirement years. I'm Chris Paris, and from the team at Oak Harvest, have a great new year.
1: All content contained within Oak Harvest podcast expresses the views of the speaker and is for informational purposes only. It is based on information believed to be reliable when created, but any cited data, indicators, statistics, or other sources are not guaranteed. The views and opinions expressed herein may change without notice. Strategies and ideas discussed may not be right for you, and nothing in this podcast should be considered as personalized investment, tax or legal advice, or an offer or solicitation to buy or sell securities. Indexes such as the S&P 500 are not available for direct investment, and your investment results may differ when compared to an index. Specific portfolio actions or strategies discussed will not apply to all client portfolios. Investing involves the risk of loss, and past performance is not indicative of future results.